The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation. Hey, Mike. Hey, my friend. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Hey, listen, uh, I don't know about you, but I suffer sometimes, this is a real thing, from the imposter syndrome. So I've heard this before. Not, really? not about you, but the imposter syndrome. Well, that, Fe- feeling like you're not the real deal or something. Yeah, right? so so quick story on this, right? Um, and that is is that sometimes people who kind of were raised kind of like in a humble environment and then they become, you know, somewhat successful. Right. They always have this feeling like I'm gonna get found out and somebody like, you get get out of here, get back in the kitchen, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, somebody famous who's talked about this, Tina Fey, uh, oh. uh, actress and writer, comedian, has said that. Well, uh, I suffer from it, and I tell you, like, one of the places I suffer from it the most is when I go to a Florida A&M University Board of Trustee meeting, and Mike, I go in this room, and I'm like, I am the dumbest, ugliest, poorest guy in this room. <laughs> I don't know where they put these Mensa candidate model millionaires in this room, but it's all these just crazy, impressive people, and they're doing all this super impressive stuff, and of all those people... You know, we have a chair of our board who's like the super uber successful people. And you want to know something? That's our guest today. All right. That is our guest today. Kristen Harper, who is the chair of the Family Board of Trustees. Thank you for being our guest today. Thanks for having me, John. I really appreciate it. And hello, Mike. Hi, it's <laughs> great to have you along. Listen, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you've not had problems with the imposter syndrome because like you've just been successful your whole life. That's kind of what it feels like, you know. No, sir. No, sir. (laughs) Definitely not. You know, I I have to say that as you were talking, it made me smile because that is the furthest from the truth. The reality is that we're all human, which means that we all have, you know, we're we're infallible. We we, were not infallible is what I should say. We're human. And Mm -hmm. so um, I found that vulnerability is one of the greatest superpowers because we didn't all start, you know, where we are now. They had that song, start from the bottom, now we're here. But there's still a ways to go because every day is a new opportunity to sharpen the saw, to become better. And it's working with colleagues like you to help me sharpen my saw. So listen, we're all we're all in this together, and I'm so glad to know you. Well, listen, my friend, I've I, uh, been a fan of yours from afar, and then I've met people who went to college with you, and you and I are about the same age, young, I might add young, all right? And people have told me about you from back in the day that, like, you were this successful person then and kind of very much the same person you are now, which is driven and and really focused on making an impact. And then, you know, I saw this LinkedIn post recently where you talked about being vulnerable and talked about, um, I don't know what the, what the word you used, but it was, um, you know, maybe burnout or something like that about just being exhausted, like all this stuff going on. So. You have it in you, but you still have to uh, regulate it, I guess, right? And, and then share about it. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, when you are a someone who is ambitious, when you have goals, when you are grinding, when you're hustling, you know, burnout is real. I was watching, I started watching a series. In fact, I took um, 15 days off during this holiday season. And okay. when I mean off, 
I mean, I didn't check email. I didn't do any work. And it was glorious. And my husband said, I think you've watched more trash TV in this past two weeks than I've seen you, like, in our entire marriage. Um, But one of the series I watched, it talked about a neurologist shared that our brain is 3% of our body weight but requires 25% of our energy. Hmm. So it's funny that post around vulnerability and that post around almost reaching this point of burnout and catching myself and taking a break and putting in boundaries to take care of ourselves. Each one of us, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We are precious commodities and we have to take care of ourselves. So yes, it definitely requires self-awareness and standing up for ourselves. You know, you are worth standing up for because, you know, we, we want to have long, prosperous lives where we're contributing to our families, our communities, society, et cetera. So yes, I used to hide, I used to hide uh, and always, I had this, I won't say a perception, but I think an internal belief that I needed to be perfect and that um, I needed to wear this mask. And I guess you could call that imposter syndrome. And it really showed up for me, John, when my husband and I got divorced. Hmm. We had a very short marriage and um, we ended up getting remarried to each other. And so we've been together for many, many years. I know, right? Wow. And so there were people who said, I didn't even know that you got divorced, you know? Um, and I realized, why was I not disclosing that? Now, you don't want to disclose everything. You don't need to tell your business to everybody at all times or or at times. But I realized that vulnerability can actually be a superpower. It can actually draw people closer to you mm-hmm. because when people feel like they have that safe space, and there's this term now called psychological safety, when people feel that they have a safe space, you can drive deeper relationships and people feel that sense of belonging that they don't have to be superhuman. You don't have to be perfect because we're all imperfect creatures trying to you know, keep it 100 and make it 100 every day. Well, you know, uh, Jesus took breaks, so so can Kristen, right? Like, 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 you know. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, so, I mean, talk about the best leadership example. And, you know, I can see it, too, in the sense of, like, you know, you have titles. Like, you're an author, you know, you're a business leader, you're a chairwoman, right? Like, and so those titles can be intimidating by to people. And so then when you step up and are vulnerable, it doesn't lower you as a leader. It raises you up and make people can connect with you better. Is that right? Absolutely. For sure. For sure. And it helps people feel comfortable being human and being vulnerable themselves because the reality is we all make mistakes. And sometimes, you know, many times they're not intentional. But if there's, you can't grow if you're not taking risks. And taking risks is fraught with also making mistakes. Again, many times they're unintentional. Um, but I love what Nelson Mandela says. I never lose. I either win or learn. And having that philosophy has allowed me to give myself grace and certainly give grace to others. 
Well, you know, uh, one of the important things you brought up in your comments was trash TV. All right. That was a really good comment you made. (laughs) (laughs) And I, you know, I was over the summer going through a hard season. And and one of the shows I've watched uh, sometimes a hard time is uh, Ozark. And I always tell Mike, Mike, don't watch Ozark, but I watch Ozark. And I identify with the lead character, Marty Bird, not that I'm into money laundering and working with cartels, but (laughs) but the pressure that he feels sometimes. (laughs) And there's a scene where he's lying on a pontoon boat with his head in the water. And I felt like that. But the recent show I've gotten into is Ted Lasso. And, you know, Ted Lasso, that show has more defined who I want to be and that he has craziness go around him, but he's kind and he's forgiving. And it's sort of my mind, like trying to big through about the, who are the leaders that are influencing me. And so that's, again, like when I follow you and I look at your post and, you know, read your book, there's things in there that like, gosh, this is a leader I want to be like. And it's not about, you know, you're perfect like that, things like that. It's you're making impact and you're allowing other people in, and you're being vulnerable about where you you need uh, you need support. So thank you for all that. It's been very very Absolutely. helpful. Absolutely, very very helpful. Yeah, and I'll have to check out Ted Lasso. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. It it's funny. It's got two things in it. It's kindness and soccer. Two things a lot of Americans aren't into. It's a it's a little bit rough. It's got a little bit of a language, like a little bit rough. But he he stays centered. He stays centered in the middle of it, and so that's what I kind of you know. Uh, I, I, I like that as far as how you respond to things, because I sometimes can get angry about stuff. Tell me real quick, we're going to take a break in just a couple minutes, but um, uh, your book, it's available on Amazon, uh, Heart of a Leader. Uh, can you just tell us a little quick plug on that? Sure. The Heart of a Leader, 52 Emotional Intelligence Insights to Adventure Career is available on Amazon. Uh, I wrote this book at a time when I was going through the company's largest transition for the previous Fortune. 50, Fortune 20 company that I worked for. And I knew that in acquisitions, there's not much that I could control. And so it started off as a way to have something in my life that I could control. And it turned into a best-selling book that um, has gotten wonderful reviews and has helped a lot of people really to not only advance their careers, but to become better leaders at no matter what level that there are. And tell me your, your sort of core, perfect, targeted person, target market for this book. Who do you, who do you think it impacts the, the best? What's so interesting, John, is that people of all levels have told me they've benefited from the book, mm. whether they are individual contributors who aspire to their first managerial position, uh, whether they are executives um, who have read the book and who have cherished a lot of lessons. Um, there are a lot of times people tell me that, you know, the book is not is not sequential in nature. You can jump around to what's relevant for you at that time. I even have a uh, large major retailer who let me know that they're using my book for their leadership um, training pilot for their retail leaders. So it is very relevant across levels for anyone who wants to sharpen the saw at any point in their career. Gotcha. With with a focus on leadership, with a focus on making impact. Leadership. Correct? Gotcha. Yes. I mean, leadership and emotional intelligence. It's the intangible aspects of leadership, not just what's on your resume. It's not the, about the what. It's really about the how. I love that. That's what makes the difference, I think, in success. You know, what's so funny is that when we think about leadership, leadership's like those one of those words like aloha. You know, gets thrown a lot. But like, what does it really mean? And so, um, to me, it's like sometimes a a leader in a sports team, it's because they score the most points, right? 
But that doesn't mean they're a leader in the locker room. It doesn't mean that they really understand the dynamics. And so to me, it's like when you're talking about the heart of the leader, it's beyond just uh, the top salesperson or the top whatever. It's really getting the core of it and then the impact uh, around them. And so it sounds it's, it's awesome. Um, Tristan, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. And I got a couple of questions I want to ask a little bit about your background. And I want to ask a little bit about your future. If that's okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back here at the Crossman Conversation. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally to serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. This is John Crossman, and I work with a lot of vendors in the commercial real estate industry. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite ones ever is my friends over at Construction Unlimited, Florida's premier roofing company, and they bridge the craftsmanship with the pinnacle of innovation. They're just one of the best groups because of the trust, the expertise, the quality, and my favorite part, they're really committed to the community. When you're thinking about roofing construction needs, keep Construction Unlimited at the top of your list. Once again, here is John Crossman. All right, we are back here at the Crossman Conversation with Kristen Harper. And Kristen, I don't know if you know this, but um, my dad and all of my family is actually originally from Toledo, Ohio, and you are from Ohio. Is that correct? I am, and I didn't realize that, John. How cool is that? That's very cool. That's very cool. I uh, actually uh, uh, took my dad to his 50th high school reunion, and one of the things we did is I took him by to see his dad's grave and so we were there looking at the grave, and I, I looked around. This other guy was named Crossman. And I said, "Dad, who's that guy?" He's like, "Oh, that's my grandfather." I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, there's a lot of them up here. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. From back back in the day. So, um, so you were. And how uh, amazing to reach a 50 year anniversary! I know, too. right? That's you know, so cool. Listen, Chris. You know what's funny is like you know how your your dad is your dad, right? And so I take him to his high school reunion. Yeah. And when my dad was a senior in high school, he was senior class president and captain of the football team. And we walked in that room, and he was the coolest cat in that room. <laughs> it was so funny because I'm like, I never really saw my dad. Like, you know, I had I had women come up to me because I I took him. My dad had some health issues, and so I let mom have a break, and I took him. And women kept up to come walk up to me like, "Oh, how's your mom?" And I'm like, "She's good. Back off, lady." You know, they were exactly. they were cruising, you know. But you know, you, you were don't the, need any stepmoms here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're good. 
So you're, you know, growing up in Columbus, Ohio, and, and you're a superstar high school kid, and, and you have all these choices to go to colleges all over the country, and you chose a little school in Tallahassee, perhaps you've heard of it, Florida A&M University, and not only did you go there, but then you got your MBA there, and I'm sure you had lots of grad school choices too. So what was it about being this superstar student in Ohio that got you down to Tallahassee for two degrees? What was that all about? Absolutely. So it's funny you should mention that your dad was class president and captain of the football team. We share I share one of those in common as I was student body president for three out of four years in high school. And wow. so there were three criteria I had for choosing a college or university. Number one, it had to be an HBCU. And I'll tell you why. I actually went on a date the last date of the year with my husband about a week or so ago and um, shared this story. I had never shared it with him before, but the reason I was insistent upon an HBCU is that when I asked adults, where did you go to college? Those who went to an HBCU, there was a different level of passion. I could hear it in their voice. I could see it in on their face. And I said, I want what they have. So number one criteria for me was definitely an HBCU. Number two, a good business school. And number three, at least three states away from home. So <laughs> I landed at Florida A&M. <laughs> wow. I like it. I landed at Florida A&M University, the School of Business and Industry, and it was one of the best decisions I've made in my life. Uh, at that time, and there still is, a five-year MBA program. So even when you think about the prospects and the ROI, you know, because college and higher education, it absolutely is an investment. Um, and so being able to graduate, I graduated in six years, um, but being able to graduate with paid internships that four, four of my summers I spent at various corporations, including a global internship in the UK. And I came out with a wonderful job at Procter & Gamble, where I started my career and spent almost a decade there um, and with an MBA. So it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I always say FAMU is a gift that keeps on giving. When I tell students and parents and talk to them about their decision in a college or university, I always encourage them to think about what is the benefit after they graduate, because that's where the true lifetime benefits have occurred by being a two-time alumna of Florida A&M. I want to say this real quick. So, Mike, you know, you you know, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, all different colleges I work oh, with, yeah, right? And, a and lot of them. Florida, and then like across the country. I'm telling you that if I took you with me and we visited the School of Business at Miami, Florida, Florida State, UCF, USF, you know, I keep going on the list, and then visited SBI at FAMU, you would look at me and go, this this is the number one place I want to recruit from. Isn't that I, I'm, I'm just telling you. Yeah. And you might say, well, why is that? Well, let me give you an example. First off, when you guest lecture any university anywhere, like in the country, I do this all the time. And the kids are all nice and stuff like that, but they're all in shorts and, you know, baseball cap and, you know, whatever. You guess lecture at SBI and 80 kids are in suits. Isn't that great? In suits, mm -hmm. right? Wow. And I mean, dressed perfectly. How do you do that? I mean, that's I, I, an amazing Well, it, thing. it's part of the curriculum, right? It's part of the, yeah. like, what they're doing. But here's the second part is, you lecture, and, and listen, you know, I guess lecture at UF, you know, number one master's program in America, outstanding program. I'm on the board, I have scholarship there, and I love it. I'll lecture and I'll say, are there any questions? And no hands go up. When I guess lecture at SBI and I say, are there any questions? 80 kids, 80 hands go up. 
Wow. I mean, there's no way you're going to get to them all. And you pick one kid, and the question they ask would be like, uh, well, I'm not going to do it because I won't be able to do it justice. But they introduce themselves in the most perfect way possible. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, Mr. Gillen, in 1986, you were working for a news program. Like, like, and you're like, what? Like, they, they've researched you like nobody's yeah. business, right? Wow. That's a real deal. And then the second part, and Kristen just mentioned this, I don't know any other university that's having kids do paid internships with Fortune 500 companies all the way through. When you look at a kid's resume from FAMU, I promise you their internships they've done are better than all those other schools. Yeah. And they've been more professionally trained in all their schools. And so, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker is that we still have a lot of businesses around our state that are not recruiting at FAM. And, and it's just ignorance. They just don't know. But I tell you what, New York people are recruiting there. Houston people are recruiting there. Columbus mm. people are recruiting there. LA people are recruiting there. We've got to get figured out how to get more Orlando, Miami, Tampa, mm-hmm. right. Jacksonville businesses. And I would never tell somebody not to recruit at their school. Like, of course, you know, recruit at Florida, Florida State, UCF, whatever. And fam. And fam. Right? But what I'm telling you, like, I, I was having breakfast with some guys the other day, and they're UCF guys, and I love them. I told them, I'm like, guys, I just want you to know, it's not close. Like, fam, USBI is significantly better than UCF's business school. And wow. I said, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful yeah, to your business school. Not. I'm just telling you, it's not close. It's not even close. It's different planets kind of a thing. And so, um, you know, when I look at, you know, like you, you think, hey, John, look at this, uh, you know, big time you know, leader you're having on the call. Yeah, and she's two, two, two degrees from fam. I was at a real estate conference in New York City in December, and there were like probably 10 people of color in the entire conference, four of them. CEO, suite level leader, people, all four went to FAMU. Wow. In New York City. That says a lot. That's not a mistake, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not a coincidence. So anyway, I, I'm rambling now, Kristen, but like, am I right? Am I right about this SBI program? You and- are 1000% correct. It, it goes back to that how I was talking about earlier. It's the what and the how. Um, and it ties into a key leadership principle. You know, what gets measured gets done. So there is definitely a method to the preparation, it's called professional development, and it's a requirement of students from day one of being a student within SBI. And so SBI students are groomed, they're prepared, they are measured on the quality, uh, on the quality of their questions, the preparation that they've done. Um, we, we have to raise our hands. That is part of that is part of the performance metrics and the standard uh, within SBI. And absolutely, I would encourage any company or organization to absolutely consider adding FAMU and SBI to their recruiting um, plans uh, because it's a high ROI for the caliber of student that you will get that leads to full-time placement. So let me ask you this other question real quick. Um, if I was a FAMU grad and I was out in the business world for 10 years and I worked for Microsoft for 10 years, and I was happy there, but then I got recruited by Google and uh, they offered me this big, cool job, but I was trying to figure it out. I'm willing to bet that if that if individual, and let's just say they're living in, let's pick a city, they're living in Sacramento, let's pick a city, and they emailed you or any of your classmates out of the blue, contacted you for LinkedIn and said, hey, I'm 10 years out of FAM. I've got this job. I'm getting recruited for this job. Can I get on the phone with you and just ask you a couple questions if you think I'm doing the right thing? I, I would think the level, if that came to you from a family kid you never heard of who was 32 years old, I'm 100% sure you would jump on and help them. 
Is that correct? It's an automatic yes. Right. It's an automatic yes. And that's what I mean by the gift that keeps on giving, the lifetime ROI. It's the network, not just the people that you were in school with, but any alumni, any member of the family, as we like to say, it's an automatic yes, because we, we help each other to succeed. Well, and here's the extra one. And I say this to, for my friend, Mike, because I always like, here's this kind of thing. Here's the extra part of that is same story, same exact story, but the kid went to Howard. The kid went to Prairie View. The kid went to one of another 100 HBCUs. You'd, you'd help them too. That, it's, the, it's the family yeah, and it's this, so. it's this national network. That's why I tell people, I'm like, if you're a company based in San Diego and you have a job available in Boston and you endow a scholarship at FAMU, a Morehouse grad living in Seattle sees that and is going to be more interested in that position because you did that, right? It's like the financial investment. It enhances the brand. Yes. Yes, it does. It's like the Mm -hmm. connectivity there. I'm telling you, you do a scholarship for University of Oklahoma, nobody at, you know, (laughs) Penn State cares, right? But that is very much true in that world and and that network. Um, well, Kristen, thank you so much. Listen, first off, thanks for being a mentor to me. Thank you for the impact you're making oh, on God. the industry. And thank you for the leadership you're doing, doing at FAM. And I hope you, uh, you keep taking some breaks because we need you around a long time doing a lot of stuff. Thank so I hope you'll keep you. taking good thank care of yourself. You. Um, any final word of advice you'd have for young professionals that are listening to this on about just a last sentence on being driven to succeed and how to have a great career? Yes. Well, again, thank you so much, John, for having me on. It's such a pleasure knowing you, working with you, learning from you, all of the above. The final word that I would share is never stop learning. Always be curious. That's awesome. Well, I am so grateful for you and um, uh, thank you for being on the show. Uh, This is John Crossman, the Crossman Conversation. And as always, support your local HBCU. This has been Crossman Conversation, produced by a Crossman Career Builders Mark Radio Production.